Welcome everyone to a very special edition of the Waiver Wired podcast. Why is it very special, you're asking? Well, it's very special because it is my co-host birthday today, Jerry Ferrara. Happy birthday, Jerry. I gotta, I gotta start out by asking you, how often does your birthday fall on Thanksgiving? Uh, you know, that's a very good question. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's like every four years mm-hmm. or every seven years. It's like some weird single digit number. I think I was born on Thanksgiving 41 years ago, really? I think. Yeah, I'm 41. Wow. Uh, for those of you who cannot see us right now, I am wearing a gray cardigan, which <laughs> Jen informed me before the show, like, wow, you kind of look like a 41 year old man right now. So I'm dressing the part. And I feel like now I'm entering the cardigan sweater age where, you know, I got a nice pocket right here. I could put stuff in. <clears throat> it's all it's all happening for me today on my birthday. Yes. In case anyone was wondering, Jerry, not wearing a Pistons jersey, wearing a cardigan instead. Um, and I'm impressed. I think you look very grown up. I, like I went on the extra points pod. And of course that came up, you know, the very network that hosts our lovely show. They were even <laughs> bringing up the, I was the guy who met a world peace, AKA Ron Artest kind of knocked out. Uh, I was not, but, uh, had some good fun with them. Um, I, I, I do have to say, I will, I wanted to tell quick, like my 40th birthday last year, obviously much different times. Mm-hmm. Okay. But tell me what you think my my wife we're not obviously doing anything this year because we're you know being sure. safe but my party last year for my 40th i am quite proud of and she planned the whole thing but i'm a big like uh murder mystery clue Ooh. nerd like i love the video game among us like i love all that stuff so she took me out into manhattan for dinner as so she told me said that they're oh we might, we're going on this boat where we're going to have dinner as we like go underneath the Brooklyn Bridge, this whole romantic thing. I'm like, this is your birthday, I guess, because I didn't ask for this. <laughs> Get on the boat. And so many of my friends surprised me. It was a surprise party. And then on the boat, we had a murder mystery party that was hosted <gasps> by like these three hosts where everyone got characters and then a murder wow. takes place. It was fantastic. So that was one year ago today. That's what I was doing. How nerdy old man is that? We had a murder mystery dinner party on a boat. I mean, I just wish I knew you a year ago because I would have been <laughs> all in for that party. I would have been like, you know, Mrs. Shoemaker in the exactly. in the study with a club. That would have been me. I love exactly. It. Um, I do have to say, uh, Season seasonally fantasy wise last week, I pulled out two out of three. I gritted one out. I needed a big Cooper Cup game, and I got this big Cooper Cup performance that I needed, and he came through. But I got some wild shit for you today, oh Jen. God. I'm so I had been... a Monday Night Miracle too. Robert Woods. Oh, Robert oh, Woods. Man. The Rams oh. really did the thing, except the Rams running back situation, which is yeah. just like the Loch Ness monster at this point. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you hear about it, you just don't quite ever see it. <laughs> Let me be proud to say we have a trade. We have a trade and it is a doozy. Uh, mm-hmm. First though, let's talk real quick. Steelers, Ravens now, you're listening to mm-hmm. this. Uh, we're taping this on a Wednesday. Hopefully you're listening to this before the Thursday games. That game is now officially postponed, correct? That's correct. It is officially postponed till Sunday. Juju Smith-Schuster, Chase Claypool have already gone to social media to say how unfair it is. This poor, unfair uh, rule for this poor 
unbeaten Steelers team that's clearly suffering from the NFL's penalties. And I understand their arguments. You know, San Francisco was basically forced to play with a backup practice squad. And they wanted to play their Thursday night Thanksgiving game. And now, look, the rest of us have to actually, like, talk to our relatives and be nice. I don't know. I might be hitting the whiskey a little more. But, you know, I get it. But I think the idea is, you know, we just don't want to spread COVID-19. And 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 when you can postpone it to Sunday, it's an easy postponement. Um, and I have to say, it's, it's better for my Cowboys because they're going to get a longer rest when they face the Ravens next week. So just to get my little piece in there. Yeah, and obviously, <laughs> like, yeah, safety first. So glad that that's happening. However, for our waiver wired contest mm-hmm. and for all of FanDuel stuff for the weekend now, we don't quite know exactly yeah. how this affects it. Obviously, that Steeler Ravens game is not effective with any Thursday lineups. Uh, but for our waiver wired contest, which is a Sunday lineup contest, uh, we don't know if those two teams will be available or not. So when we go over our FanDuel rosters, Obviously, take that with a grain of salt that there may be some Pittsburgh and Baltimore players available as well at the last second. That's right. Deal with that as you must. Uh, and uh, I'm excited for my line, my FanDuel lineup this week. It is weird. It's weird too. I, it was my birthday, okay. and I decided to make a weird ass FanDuel lineup. <laughs> but that being said, there are some really good plays in there, and I'm curious to hear your opinion. But now, can I please bend please. your ear about this trade? I can tell you're so excited about the trade. I feel like it's a birthday trade. I hope that you got like Derrick Henry in this trade because that's that's what a birthday trade should be about. It's got to be good. It's, I hope it's good. This is layered. This has okay. implications for multiple seasons. Oh. This this makes me look a tiny bit as a hypocrite, but also maybe as a genius. We don't quite know yet. Here here's Here's where we stand. So the league I've been complaining about all year long was my league with my buddies from LA where I get offered awful trades, all the Devontae Adams trades and the mm-hmm. Jacobs stuff. And also the league where Antonio Brown was signed at two in the morning by a real life NFL football player who probably had inside information. Also the league where there was a Saquon Barkley trade because it's a keeper league. So someone traded, who's a playoff team almost, traded for the rights to Saquon Barkley next year and involved DeAndre Hopkins. It is awful. This thing is the wild, wild west. So your boy decided to get involved with this, okay? I wake up on my birthday. You know, I'm a father now. So I get up like six in the morning. I try to beat the kid awake. So this way, like, I'm up before him and I get some quiet time, do some fantasy stuff. And I got that email that says you have been proposed a trade by such and such. Now, usually that's met with an eye roll because the trade is trash. And I opened it and I scanned it. And at first it appeared as trash. And then I did some digging and it turned out it was a really good trade. But then I did some more digging and consulted with you a little bit. And then it turns out to actually be an extremely risky good trade. Mm -hmm. It's a feast or famine home Mm -hmm. run trade. Mm -hmm. All right, listeners. And please feel free to weigh in on this on Twitter. Hit me up. Let me know what you think. This trade, I believe, is finalized. Although my group chat, I have about 78 unread texts from the group chat because Word is now spreading about the trade. Do you guys uh, have a system where you vote? Can you vote to veto trades or can they just go? I think so, but I don't think a trade has happens. ever been vetoed. Okay, good. I okay, don't good. even know if I vote I actually don't believe on... in that. So, good. I mean, I only believe in it. I, I believe in the option, but I really do only believe if like, if you could prove 
uh, like unfair play collusion. Like, and collusion. Yeah. If you really could make a strong case, like I went on the extra points pod to help out Harry and the parlay kid. Cause they were, Harry was, you know, crying collusion, right? Mm -hmm. Not a whole lot of evidence. So <laughs> it's a kind of wait and see thing. So I think that's what this league subscribes to. If there's real provable collusion, then, you know, you could veto it. So here's the trade. Okay. Now I'm going to go over my roster first. So I want to paint the picture. Okay. Okay. This is the team also that I got Tyler Lockett. I lost a 45 point lead when they had one player left. Tyler Lockett killed me. I am five and six in this league, second in points. And so it's a four, it's a 12 team league, PPR, half point. Four teams make the playoffs of the 12. I am the five seed with the second highest points, and I'm five and six. So Two games left, playoffs start week 14, so two weeks remaining, tw uh, 12 and 13 remaining. And here's the squad. I pretty much need to win these two games to get in, okay? Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, love. Josh Jacobs at running back, coming around. Mike Davis, we know, we saluted him, we said goodbye, now we're saying hello. Devontae Adams, I've had 75 trade offers for Devontae Adams. Robbie Anderson, Cooper Cup. My tight end situation is a mess. Evan Engram, Dalton Schultz, and I have Robert Tanyan stashed away. Uh, Bench-wise, not a whole lot of depth, right? I have Christian Kirk, Wayne Gallman, uh, and uh, Darrell Henderson Jr., which is a little scary. And Devin Singletary, who may not be on the roster very much. But I'm obviously top-heavy. It's Mahomes, Adams, and Jacobs or bust. So I get this trade offer. Also, we have, if you finish in last place, because we have 13 players, one person's always sitting out, last place is out for the year. And that person who had to sit out a year then takes over that roster. And it's a two-player keeper league. We have one year left of keepers until we throw it all back into the pot. Here's the trade. They, for me, they, this person wanted Josh Jacobs and Evan Ingram. Okay. So clearly just really interested in Josh Jacobs. And they offered me in return Christian McCaffrey, Balage, and T. Higgins, who is a lot less valuable without Joe Burrow. Wow. So many mm -hmm. things, right? So number right. one, Christian McCaffrey, we know, top three fantasy running back. Number two, I then get McCaffrey next year, mm -hmm. keeper-wise. So those are all the reasons to do it. Josh Jacobs, I dug into the numbers. And he's a little hot and cold, and he's been getting vultured by Booker. I almost said Devin Booker, sorry. He's been getting vultured by Booker, and he's averaging about 13 to 13 and a half points in most leagues over the last five weeks, which is fine. It's great. He's not necessarily living up to like top five running back status, but he's there. So on the surface, Jen, what do you think of that trade? So obviously Christian McCaffrey is the best piece of the trade. There's no question about it. I'm concerned about T Higgins. Um, but I like the throw in of Kalen Balaj because that could be a short term bridge until you get Christian McCaffrey and you already have Wayne Gallman. So on the surface, I I'm taking this very seriously. Now, obviously the biggest concern is Christian McCaffrey's not going to play this week. You have Mike Davis, so you're fine there. But then the week after that, He's on a buy. So if it's a must win, the, the main thing about this that's interesting is that it's a keeper league. When you add that in and you get to start off your roster next year with Christian McCaffrey, 
Would you have been able to keep Josh Jacobs? Yes. I, I, yes. Uh, I think we are all, I actually think I have, I'm not sure if I had one year left of a keep or two. I think it's just, I think the way they're explaining it now is it's, it's going to be uh, three years of keeper and then everyone gets thrown back into the pot. So basically we're all entering the final year of, of keeper. keeps and it becomes an entire throw it all back in the blender and re blender and restart. And then every you three years. are going to, this is a PPR league, right? Yes. So, so I had Christian one, McCaffrey. I had one year left with Jacobs or McCaffrey, McCaffrey as was explained to me. But here's the thing that I am worried about. Like I said, I'm I'm pretty much one game out of the playoffs. I can control my own destiny just about uh, two games remaining. I kind of need to run the table. I don't think one and one gets me in. It might. I need to get a little lucky. Two and zero, oh, I think, easily gets me in because I do even believe I'm playing one of the guys I'm chasing in the final week, right? So should I have just held Pat with the team I have, which is the second highest team? point scoring team in this league and hope to get into the playoffs or take this big home run swing because if it works right mm -hmm. that means i get in the playoffs mm -hmm. i still have a whole year left of mccaffrey ideally mm -hmm. mccaffrey's healthy and back week 14 i'm running patrick mahomes christian mccaffrey and Devonte adams right. out round one in the playoffs that's right and and to me like you had to take this shot it's possible that christian mccaffrey won't come back totally possible i know someone put that in the group chat and then i'm a dummy right no you're not a dummy you made a calculated risk decision and the calculated risk is if christian mccaffrey comes back he's a league winner and i don't actually really have a huge problem with that you'll have to paste things together you'll have to paste together kalen balaj and but you know what if christian mccaffrey doesn't come back you still have mike davis <laughs> right. That is the buffer. So, That's why I even in, in texting with the, the, the guy I made the trade with, I did happen to say to him because he said, I actually texted him in the morning. He's on Pacific time. I'm like, dude, do me a favor. Don't make any trades until we talk. But with the way that this works is like, if you accept the trade in this league, it's done. He put out like four trade offers to people. So he kind of said, whoever responds, and it's a great, by the way, great counter. If he truly wanted Josh Jacobs from me and he's lying, what a great poker bluff. He said, I put out several deals with C-Mac. Whoever responds first is what the deal I'm taking. So what a great, great counter by him. But here's what kind of sold me on it. I have Wayne Gallman. Mm -hmm. And he's playing the Bengals this right. week. So I essentially am subbing Josh Jacobs out. I'm going to start Mike Davis as we discussed. And I'm throwing Gallman in, who might have been my flex option anyway. It would have been a hard call between Cooper Cup, Christian Kirk, and Gallman at flex. So now Gallman becomes a number two running back because of that matchup against the Bang the Burrowless Bengals. And then I could still now put Cooper Cup at flex, so my three receivers I'm running out are Adams, Robbie Anderson, and Cooper Cup, or Christian Kirk if I so choose. But it's a tall order to ask to win two weeks in a row with now no Josh Jacobs. Like I'm a little worried I might have just played it a little too thin. It is. It is a little risky, but you know what? We've seen Wayne Gallman for, score in four straight games. And last week it was a two-score game. This week they're facing Cincinnati. I think they're the 11th worst against running backs. So I think that's a calculated risk I would be willing to take to get Christian McCaffrey. The bigger risk is probably next week when you're without Mike Davis, when you have to figure out, 
Now, it's possible Kalen Balaj could still be in the conversation. I think you're going to run out Wayne Gallman. The Giants' schedule gets easier from here on out. By the way, I totally have a Giants stack going in DFS. I've got to admit, because this week... I might, I, too. I, I, you might, too? <laughs> it's not in our waiver wired, though. I left it for you in case you wanted to. I appreciate that. Um, Thank you. Um, so, And then you have Darrell Henderson. Now, they went away from the run game, but that was smart this week because it was Tampa Bay, and Tampa Bay's really stout versus the run. They could easily go back, and Darrell Henderson does seem to be the guy. I mean, Cam Akers is the one that happened to get the touchdown on Monday, but I think Darrell Henderson is their main guy, the guy they like the best. You could do this. This could happen. And not to mention, there still could be waiver wire. For instance, I mean, this week, J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram are on the COVID list, making Gus Edwards basically a must-start if the game were tomorrow. I guess there's more chance they'll come back on Sunday, but we're talking about uh, someone you can just grab off the waiver wire. So this could still happen. I think it's worth, you got to take it one week at a time. I think you're going to win this week. Then you just have to get through the next week. And then basically you're probably in really good shape to win the whole thing. Yeah. And look, as much as I love Josh Jacobs in fantasy and I, he was my keeper, I right? I love him. There's been, you know, three stinkers that he's had this year that have literally been the direct result of me losing. Two weeks ago, whatever it was, three weeks, whatever it was, against the Tampa Bay game, we had like four points, right? And we know they're stout against the run, so you don't really blame them. Right. And now he's starting to get vultured a lot on the TDs. Like, he's still the bell cow back we we hoped for, but he just has been responsible for some of my law. although he's great matchup against Atlanta this week. So it is going to be a little sad to see him, to yeah. see him go. Uh, there is one other tiny bit, there's like a 5% chance, maybe even less, because it's all so stacked. The guy I traded with is in last place, but he's in last place at four and seven, right? He's he's himself only two games out of the last playoff seed, and he has like the fifth so he most points. He has to points. win two weeks too. There's a version where I go 0-2, oh and, and he goes 2-0, and oh, and then I'm the last place team that has to sit out, <laughs> handing over Christian McCaffrey and Devontae Adams to the next GM coming in. I don't think that's going to happen. We're not going to let that happen, Jerry. No way. We won't let that happen. You know, I'm not going to let that happen. I had to point out that there is heavy risk reward going in. But yeah, Gallman against the Bengals made me feel a little bit better about the whole situation. Mike Davis versus Minnesota, right? Mike Davis versus Minnesota. Yeah. And um, yeah, I I just felt like I had to do it. I felt like this was a a really good team, but not nearly as explosive enough. My my only two, I had Adams and Mahomes really my only explosive players. Here's what I need that could save me. We've been talking about this all year. He's a waiver-wired podcast favorite. I need the Robbie Anderson game. I I need it. I I gotta have it. But I also need Mike Davis to do well too. So I need both of them to eat. I need both of them to eat. I, I think this is a Robbie and I have a I think it's a Robbie Anderson week. He I may need it. Like he's been be, he may be my pick of the week. It's possible. He's been so solid all year long. Like you cannot complain. He he did what everyone said he ne- he maybe couldn't do when he was on the Jets. He really was big play or bust, total home run threat. This year he's been the polar opposite. He's been the most consistent like seven catches for 77 yards that you could hope for. Uh, He has taken a little bit of a dip the last few weeks, but obviously Bridgewater battling health issues and all that. Um, I need this to be the Robbie Anderson four catches for 140 yards and and two touchdowns. Yeah. I I like, I need that monster game. He's due. 
it's yes, it's dude. sitting there. It's like you're it's like you're reading my mind because I I I was gonna say the same thing. He's had two med grams in a row, but he's totally due. The fact that he only has one touchdown, it's in week one. I mean, there has to be some positive regression here. It just doesn't make any sense. Meanwhile, he's given us like I don't know, the 12th most fantasy points per game for wide receiver or something. I don't know. I have to look up the stats, but target wise, he's fifth. Now he hasn't had um, his bye week yet. So it's probably more like 11th or 12th per game, but still like that's a lot of targets. He's giving us a solid floor. Doesn't seem to matter. He's going to be targeted, whether it's PJ Walker or Teddy Bridgewater, because I believe he got nine targets last week. Um, and I feel like this matchup is extremely favorable. And yeah. I looked up his cornerback and it looks like he has the best matchup as well. Yeah. So, I so yeah, I, I went for it, guys. I went for it. I, I I withstood all the awful shit trades I've got offered all season long. I've withstood, you know, I've been giving you a lot of heat for your <laughs> trade. And your, trade. <laughs> and your trade now seems to be panning out. Well, um, uh, you could totally give me heat because if C-Mac doesn't come back, uh, I basically threw away a season where I really could have still held Pat with Josh Jacobs one and gone one and one or two and oh, got in as a four seed and really still been a problem for people. I still had Mahomes, Jacobs, and Devontae Adams, so I would have been a threat. I mean, look, hindsight's 2020, and you can go back and say, like, oh, look how ridiculous it was to draft Dak Prescott. But, like, you can't. You can't predict those things. And from standing where you are right now, you're taking a very calculated risk. And what I like about this trade is it's the first time that someone's offered you a trade that could actually benefit his team and your team. It makes sense for both of you. And that's how you get a trade done, guys. You don't just go and, like just try to offer someone junk and hope they smash yes on it. That's ridiculous. He offered you something that he knew. Well, he could look at this as a home run threat and take it, or he may not, but it wasn't insulting. It was, it was a calculated risk option for both of you. And I think you both won this trade in theory. No. And he's a savvy player. He's the defending champ. And do you know who his two keepers were? Obviously Christian McCaffrey and Kamara. So, oh, so he's fine with Kamara. He he may be a little nervous with Kamara. One target. I know. We we talked about the Taysom Hill factor. Like maybe that's also why he felt the need. Maybe. You know, because he's also trying to get out of last last place. So this way he could stay in the league because then he still has the luxury of keeping Kamara. And now what will be, he could keep Josh Josh Jacobs Jacobs. and be just fine. The other element that I didn't necessarily mind is, and if this comes back to bite me and I do love his matchup this week, and I think I probably would have started him. And if this comes back to bite me, I truly will never go near another giant again. He he asked for Evan Ingram in return because he truly does not have a tight end. I'm fine with that because I did pick up Dalton Schultz off the wire. I picked and I have Tanyan still stashed in the event, although his matchup against the Bears I don't love. So it's going to be Dalton Schultz against Washington for me this week, which is okay. All of the, all three of these guys projected points. Dalton Schultz, Dalton Schultz, 6.1, Evan Ingram, 6.7, Robert Tanyan, 6.1. So literally everyone after Waller and Kelsey and obviously Kittle when he's healthy is a six point projected start. Yeah, so, I agree. I don't mind it, but if Evan Ingram goes off, I've been waiting for him to go off. If he goes off against the Bengals, that really is going to hurt my soul. And <laughs> these guys will destroy me in the group chat. Well, they can destroy you all they want, and you'll laugh when you have the Super Bowl trophy. I made such a big fuss about that Saquon trade. I led the charge to like get this whole league 
destroyed. I offered to become the commissioner. I, I tried to usurp power. I, <laughs> I, I made the biggest complaint of the Saquon trade. And then I went ahead and did it myself. Something else has happened in this league. I hate this league so much. I don't know why it keeps pulling me in. There was a deep fake, which I don't suggest anyone do this, okay? And they're letting the joke go a little too far, in my opinion. But two knuckleheads got together and they did a fake text where they have me texting the guy I traded with, hey, trade me McCaffrey, blah, blah, blah. If I win the league, I'll cover your league fees. Don't worry. <gasps> I get offered such shit trades from this guy and this guy. I'm done with all these idiot, like just awful <laughs> text that obviously I did Whoa. not send. And the guy puts it in the group chat. And now whoever he did it with, and I think I know who it is because he's the one who's hyping up the text the most. And I'm brushing it off and saying, ha ha, nice deep fake. This is dangerous territory you guys are playing in. So uh, whenever you want to admit that this is a joke, I even took a screenshot of my last conversations with the gentleman. So they know, but it's starting to go a little too far. No one's copying to it. And uh, I don't, I, I somehow have become like the heel in this league. Oh. I'm full on triple H. Like I'm the heel in this league. I'm public enemy number one in this league. Wow. Jerry, hmm. how can we get back at them? I just don't love the D like this. is. It was funny. And if you would have maybe then after five minutes said, all right, yeah, all right, just totally. full disclosure. But like, yeah, there's like me talking shit about lots of people saying like things I would just never say. Or if I did actually say it would be awful to have this text <laughs> exposed. Maybe but it's I time for you to win the league and then exit and form your own. You like know, the, you can well, be like Beyonce. You can go solo. I've been begging them to go full auction lead yeah. with the point tie break wild card. And they're like, ah, we kind of like the way it is. Ah, we kind of like the way it is. But got to uh, go to the point tie break. Well, I shook it up this week. And um, look, don't think for one second, too. I agree. I, McCaffrey's probably not going to play. I am holding out a 5% glimmer of hope that he does play this week. On Sunday? I know it won't happen. Yeah. Yeah, I don't 5%. know. 5%. But you're good with Mike Davis. And then you know McCaffrey's going to come back full strength and not get injured again. I don't know. I might almost want him to not play. Just to no, make sure I want I him to him play. Longer. I, 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 I got to win these two won. games. I got to win him this. If you I, could win if with I, Blaine Gallman and Mike Davis. Look, and, if I were six and five and didn't lose that shitty Tyler Lockett game, then I would be fine with him doing this trade and having him sick because I would then one and one, even oh and two would still be in play. For me to get in, but I gotta win these two games. So all in all, you approve this trade. I approve. I approve. Listen, I have obviously put in a lot of energy into <laughs> fantasy this year because of this podcast. Yeah. You hold me to a certain level, Jen. I have to at least come semi-close to the level that you bring. If this trade works, mm -hmm. and if in my first rookie uh auction league in the Gotham League season, if I could reach a Super Bowl or even just secure a playoff spot. Yeah. And then I got the high stakes league with some NBA guys. I, I really Huge. could supplant myself. I might, I I'm, I'm really might retire if I, if I pull <laughs> some, some wild shit no, off. No, you just got to be like me and double up your leagues next year. So next year you got to play <laughs> in six. The next By the year way, you'll be at 12. When I went on Cousin Sat and I went on the Extra Points pod, like, everyone when they heard that you're in so many leagues and none of them are less than 14 team leagues 
stage, you were just like, oh my God, she's insane. What? She's not in 112 or a 10 league. And I'm like, no, she's like 14. <laughs> she might even have a 16 team league for all we know. But she is 14 league or bust. They, they, their eyes all went like cross. Like they just could not believe what they were hearing. <laughs> I'm a little crazy. A little crazy, guys. But uh, I am, I mean, just humble excitement. I am number 12 in the Scott Fishbowl right now. I don't know if it'll hold. I think there's 1,600 teams in that. Right now I'm holding <sighs> wow. number 12. I want this one so badly. It's a big charity league. Uh, with celebrities and and uh, experts and all that kind of stuff. And I'm so happy that I'm just even at 12 right now that I have committed that if I win Scott Fishbowl or even if I finish in the top five, I'm going to donate $100 to Break the Whole Charity, which is a charity uh, with about suicide prevention, which is a charity that is very, very near and dear to my heart. So um, yeah, if uh, that's that's where I'm going with scuff. I, there's like there's reason why I do each of the leagues, and that one is a really important one to me, and it, it raises a lot of awareness for a lot of different charities. So that is my charity of choice, if I win. And uh, yeah, so just little plug there. Well, I'm rooting for that one now even more so, <laughs> and that's not really a plug necessarily when you talk about charity. You're just like spreading love, spreading and some love because people. it's thanks. And it's time to spread some love and be thankful. And I have to say, I am very thankful for this podcast this year. I'm thankful for Jerry on his birthday. I don't want to get too mushy, but it's it's a gratitude day. I am grateful for this podcast, for extra points, for Cousin Sal, for bringing us together. And I'm going to be really grateful when I kick your ass in Gotham Gridiron District. Wow. Well... Yeah. Just had to just throw that in there in the end. Do you want to know what I'm not necessarily grateful for? <laughs> and and this is now, I, I am going to subscribe to this philosophy because it's working for me two times over. Um, I guess you can go two different ways, right? Like I we've talked about running backs at length and how hard it is to even get a number two running back, even the number one at times if you're in keepers and stuff. So do you, it requires me to cut a player and I decide, yeah, I decided to keep Tanyan for tight end depth. I am saying goodbye to the man I drafted as my number two running back as the season started, Devin Singletary. Yeah, I just I think don't see it. I think it's okay. I, I, Buffalo just doesn't use their run game. Josh Allen runs too much himself. But also, I believe they have like this most or the second most air yards, passing yards so far this year. They've just changed their game up and the goal line carries go to Zach Moss. So Singletary isn't efficient. He isn't being used. He isn't getting you the points you need for fantasy. I think it's okay. It stinks. It stinks when you draft someone so high and then you just cut them. Like, I feel that way. Like, remember how much money I spent on Cam Akers? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. I yeah. drafted him in another league based off of yeah. how much money you spent on Cam Akers. Yeah. And, and like, he was supposed to be the guy, but here we are. Rams backfield. I think Cam Akers is the most talented of the three. I think he should get the opportunity, but that's not how they see it. And they're not doing it that way. And it's been so hard. I'm still holding him and I probably should be willing to cut him, but I'm holding on to this idea because I spent so much for him that somewhere in the fantasy playoffs, he's going to help me. You can't do that I, with I Devin mean, Singletary. So the strategy is now going forward, right? It's like, okay, you could try to stat. And as if it's just a either auction or traditional non-keeper league, you know, you could try and stack your running backs and go two running backs out of the gate, especially if you're that late round pick. But in looking at it, right, 
I took Devin Singletary before Diggs, before <laughs> Keenan Allen, yeah. before all these other receivers who are blowing him away in points. It's just not worth it. I've pieced together number two running backs with Mike Davis, Darrell Henderson, and Wayne Gallman and have been fine. I'm one game away from being a playoff team. In our Gotham League, I didn't even draft it. My number two running back was Boston Scott, and it was only for three years and it didn't, three games, and it didn't work. But again, I've pieced it together with Devonta Freeman and Wayne Gallman and others. So, and that's a league where I do have Diggs and Keenan Allen and this like impeccable receiving core that I, I just, yeah, I, I'm less and less on the stack, the running backs philosophy. It's getting too out of control. You're either bell cow or you are a three headed monster like the Rams, or I don't even know what's going on yeah, in Buffalo. And like we have another situation like that this week. Okay. So Rex Burkhead now, your guy out, torn ACL. So now the question is, do you go get James White? Because yeah, Sony Michelle's been activated, but his touches are going to eat into Damian Harris's, if anyone's. James White is the one that catches passes. So how excited do we get about James White? And then do we go out and spend all this money for James White and our fab? And then they don't even use him. I mean, it's it's just frustration, but that's what it is. And it, But possibly someone could go get James White this week off the wire and win their league. That's, that's I, you the know situation what? of running backs. <laughs> Not actually, that you maybe that. you should go look for him in that league. Hold on, because that might shirts. actually be another perfect like one or two week. Although, who we we're we're, we're kidding well, ourselves. I like, think they're going to be chasing points versus Arizona this week. If you want to, oh god, Cam Akers is still available in this yeah. league. Boston Scott's still available in this league. This is such a weird league. Um, although, like we know that, I mean, I think I actually initially drafted. We we know that Belichick hates us. So, it's true. is it really worth it? I don't know. Uh, I mean, oh no, he's rostered. James White is rostered. He's rostered already. Yeah. Well, it was a good shot. Um, gosh. Um, yeah. I'm, God. I just look at Singletary. I'm like, under no circumstances, like, would I even start him over Darrell Henderson Jr. at this point? And I, I don't think I would. I don't think so. Oh, um, if he has a big game after I cut him. Well, who else I do lose. you have that you could cut? Tanyan. But I already put it. I I don't. I, I already kind of accepted the trade and agreed to drop him in principle. So on I don't know if I can go back on that Tanyan. now. Yeah, I should have drafted Tanyan because you could get a tight end at any point. He'd probably still be on the wire. I should have. Okay. I should have cut Tanyan just for having running back down. I'll see if I could swoop him back up. God, this is scary. Uh, do you have any anything seasonally that's? Uh, worrying you or any not that I, mean, I can help you with any lineup I calls, need Christian but. McCaffrey back too that's my issue like in the in the league that I'm struggling in it's that I need Christian McCaffrey back he appears for one game I win that week everything's great and now he's back out again and I'm out looking for like Justice Hill or somebody to plug a hole hoping everybody else just overperforms so yeah it's it's the normal stuff for me um and making tough decisions like Duke Johnson in the Gotham Gridiron District. The guy stinks. He's not a very good running back, but the fact is he gets opportunity, and this week he's facing Detroit. So what do I do? Would I rather start DJ Chark in my flex, who's going to be with Mike Glennon, and I have no idea how that's going to go, or Duke Johnson, who's going to get the touches but probably won't be very effective? You know, those are the kind of debates I have, and they're just whatever. How did you let me, and how did everyone in the Gotham Gridiron District League let me get Tony Pollard? 
How did everyone let me cash in the insurance policy yeah, for Zeke, who honestly is like averaging so many more yards per attempt than Ezekiel Elliott? I think I might have spent a fair amount on him because I did have a lot of free agency cash left. But mm-hmm. I'm looking at it now and I'm like, uh, yeah, I don't know how everybody let that happen. I think that uh, that's the thing about auction leagues. They're really hard to keep track. And when you're online and there's 14 teams, if you're not watching and you're not actively targeting Tony Pollard, which people probably weren't because they weren't the Zeke owner and you were, but if they were smart, they would have been. I think he's a great flyer. Alexander Madison. Right. I think he's a great flyer though. He is. In the event that even if you don't have Zeke, right? right? Like, I mean, someone who has put up points when given the ball and look Dallas has a lot of situations they could be a week or two away from shutting it down at any mm-hmm. point you know mm-hmm. and I don't know I just think he's a great flyer to stash if you have a roster spot and it seems like a lot of people have roster spots these days for a bench so give a look at Tony Pollard if he's available uh especially if you have Ezekiel Elliott at this point give him a look oh, um yeah. Oh, I hope we see so okay I'm a little this is the scariest this is what no one likes to see when you have a big decision to make and it's that first Thanksgiving Thursday game. And that's what I have. I, 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 I've been hanging on to, and this is my high stakes. I've been hanging on to Kenny Galladay. He's been on the bench pretty much all season. Uh, and I've screwed up and I didn't even start Curtis Samuel this last week. And that kind of almost screwed me, but I luckily held on to win. He's questionable. It's the first game out of the gate tomorrow. I just like, and it's not like I have better options. My other receiving options, I have DJ Chark, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. I've been running Jerry Judy out there. I don't Mm -hmm. love the matchup against Mm -hmm. New Orleans at all. And then I have Curtis Samuel, which is a a good safety net, but. um, You have to start Galladay if he goes. I have to, right? You have to if he goes. Yeah. So who do I bench out of these receivers then? DJ Chark against the Browns, Jerry Judy against the Saints, Kenny Galladay against the Texans, and I do have Curtis Samuel against Minnesota. Could only start two because Kareem Hunt is probably going to be my flex. I think I would start Samuel based on the matchup and Galladay. Samuel and Galladay. It's so okay. gross because Curtis Samuel is the three, but I feel like New Orleans is going to shut down Jerry Judy. They have know, to, they have right? To, like that's such a big his pedigree. target. I mean, they could start targeting Tim Patrick, but I don't think so. I think they're going to go after Jerry Judy. So that's tough. We saw what they did to the Bucks, right? They shut down those receivers. So I'm worried there. Um, and then who was my, oh, DJ Chark. I mean, I love DJ Chark, but we just have no idea what Mike Glennon is going to do. And we could be totally screwed on this. Maybe Mike Glennon and DJ Chark are going to have a, Incredible Wonderful game. <laughs> so as far as like pedigree, like Chark is the one I want to say, but it just makes me a little bit nervous. Whereas Curtis Samuel, they seem to get him involved no matter what. And that Minnesota secondary is really, really weak. So, and he also runs plays in sometimes. So I just, I kind of like Samuel this week. It's hard though, because you're putting so many eggs in that Carolina basket and it feels like they can't all pay off Robbie Anderson, <clears throat> Curtis Samuel, Mike Davis, you know, like, Your odds are yeah. picking wrong are pretty high. Uh, lastly, and then we're going to get to our FanDuel lineups, the exciting part of the show. Uh, you know, no one had as much Noah Fant stock as me. That stock has plummeted due to injuries and quarterback issues. I- I'm carrying three tight ends in two leagues, okay? The Gotham League is amazing just having Kelsey and not ever having to think about yeah. it. Similarly, have Noah Fant, 
I have Dalton Schultz in this league as well. And I told you I made this, what I think is a sneaky pick. I just don't know if I have the guts to ever start him, Irv Smith Jr. Mm -hmm. But matchup-wise now, Noel Fant against the Saints, as we discussed. Dalton Schultz against Washington, you know, two good defenses. I don't think I have the guts to to start Irv Smith Jr., although he has a better matchup against the Panthers. What are you leaning? I'm still leaning toward Fant, who finally doesn't have a Q or a D or an O next to his name, first time since week one. I'm leaning towards Schultz, um, but Fant, it would be Fant or Schultz. Those are the two. I wouldn't go Irv Smith, although I am starting Av Irv Smith in Gotham Gridiron District because that's the situation I'm in. It was him or Jimmy Graham, and uh, I don't know. It's right. probably either one. I just don't know who's going to be a quarterback for Chicago. It makes me nervous. Understood. Um, but Washington's actually given the up the 11th most fantasy points to tight ends. <laughs> and I feel like Andy Dalton liked Schultz last week. He's also the sixth most targeted tight end so far this year. So I'm just leaning Schultz that way. Um, now, early in the year, New Orleans gave up a whole lot of points to the tight end as well. So if you had asked me six weeks ago, I would have said, Fant, no question. Um, but yeah, it's kind of a toss up. It's Fant or Schultz. So much not Thanksgiving. To, uh, so much Thanksgiving stuff then. Oh, mm -hmm. oh Schultz and Galladay. Yeah, if you want to okay. wait, you're safe to wait for Fant. I mean, like you said, it, they're probably each going to give you 6.1 points. <laughs> right. You know, That's the like, tight end disclaimer, 6.1 points. Nobody has a smash matchup. It's not like, oh, it's so obviously, you know, Darren Waller. Even Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper has a great matchup this week. Okay, but before we move on, I want to take a quick break and talk to you guys about FanDuel because the Waiver Wire podcast is proud to be presented by FanDuel. Never played FanDuel Fantasy before? Great. FanDuel's offering users the chance to play free daily fantasy contests this NFL season. No deposit required. And this year, FanDuel is now offering daily snake drafts. Snake drafts are the simplest way to try daily fantasy. Draft live, just like season-long fantasy, but with winners every game day. The best of seasonal drafting with DFS all in one. Here's how it works. Find a daily snake draft, draft your team live. Draft starts as soon as the contest fills. You and your opponents will draft six players in a six round draft with 30 seconds per pick. Unlike other FanDuel contests, there is no salary cap. Jen, why are you excited for daily snake drafts? Well, because it's the best part of fantasy, Jerry, drafting. Plus. I don't have to worry about staying on a budget. Just sign up and FanDuel will give you a free entry to a contest each week of the football season where you can win real prizes. Plus, for those who want to deposit, FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with their 20% deposit match. Make sure to use our promo code WAIVERWIRED so they know we sent you. FanDuel, more ways to win. And now let's get back to it. All right, we're back, and it's time. Uh, again, full disclaimers, we don't quite know what's going to happen with the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens. They may very well be available for the Waiver Wire podcast contest, so if they are, then do with this as you wish. But discounting those teams for now, we have some lineups for you. And Jen, I have a team name for my uh, uh, my team this week. We have you a team do. name. Okay, yep. get, give it to me. It's called the New York reachiest of reaches. Oh, that's my team name. Cause I got some. Reaches. Well, I hope it becomes the New York richest of richest. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Listen, if nothing else, I got a fun 
ass FanDuel lineup. I got some real threats, and if I catch a little help in the more in the morning, well, the the one o'clock games, oh, I could be set up for some fireworks later on. Um, how do you feel about your squad going in? I don't love it. I gotta tell you, <laughs> I don't love it at all. It may it may just go back to the trash can and start over, but I, I but I've got a squad. I mean, I tinkered with it already about seventeen times. Oh, so, you've been tinkering. Yeah, I've been tinkering already. It's so far from where it started. Yeah. Would you like to lead off or would you sure. like me to lead off? I'll lead. Why okay, not? Okay, please. So um, I'm actually building mine around the Las Vegas Atlanta game. The Raiders. The Raiders. And I am going with good old Derek Carr. You know, I get it. I think he's an unpopular pick. He's only 7,100, and he was really good last week. Three touchdowns, uh, over 250 yards. I, I know there's not a huge ceiling there, so again, I may change this, but I really like him, and I paired him up with Darren Waller, and I felt like saving on Derek Carr allowed me to get Darren Waller. And as we've discussed so many times, getting an advantage at the tight end position helps so much because there are very few players you can play there. I mean, obviously, we don't get Taysom Hill this week. And hmm. unless you want to really, really pay up for Travis Kelsey, who actually doesn't have a great matchup this week, I feel like Waller's the guy. Atlanta's given up the most points to opposing tight ends they's all they've also given up the most points to opposing quarterbacks so i just decided looked at those numbers said i'm just gonna go in on that so anytime i do that i like to bring back someone from the other side hoping that that it is a shootout so i put calvin ridley in so i have calvin ridley darren waller and Derek carr that's what we started with and then we start plugging all right so i went and got i almost felt bad when i did this i, I took josh jacobs because also oh, Raiders no. stack in Atlanta. Oh no. Yeah. And then I took Ugh. Kareem Hunt because the price is just so good. And that matchup versus Jacksonville is so good. The only problem here is, you know, if they're not playing from behind, maybe Kareem Hunt will get less action. So this could be switched out. I at various times had Wayne Gallman in here, you know, maybe Gus Edwards will make a show. I'm not sure. And that's where we are there. Um, and then for defense, I went with the Arizona Cardinals because I think New England is just pathetic and they're nice and affordable at 4,000. So now let's go to the receivers. I actually really love all these receivers this week and they're all really pretty good price points. So here we go. Michael Pittman Jr., $5,700. Last time he faced Tennessee, which was two weeks ago, he torched them for like eight catches. Maybe it was seven catches and 101 yards. He is in fuego. Phillip Rivers is better because he's there. Last week he had a touchdown, a great catch and run. I like Michael Pittman, $5,700. So that's one. Number two, I've got Justin Jefferson versus Carolina. Obviously a, a good matchup defensively, but Adam Thielen may or may not play. So if Thielen doesn't play, I mean, it's got to be Jefferson. We've seen this kid. He's definitely in the conversation for rookie of the year. He's fantastic. Justin Jefferson all the way. And then finally, I've got our boy that we're both counting on, Robbie Anderson. 6,400. It's got to be. It's got to be positive touchdown regression this week. His matchup is good. I'm rolling it all in for Robbie Anderson. So there's my somewhat gross FanDuel lineup right now. I don't think it's gross. Also, do we know, is Julio Jones playing? Well, that's why he I went Because he screwed Ridley. me up. 
Yeah. yeah, it looks like maybe in- not. And that's why I felt like Ridley actually 8,100 seems worth it. I agree. Uh, I I, I kind of had to make a decision in my head-to-heads last week that I did in FanDuel. I was looking at Julio and Ridley, and it was Ridley's first game back after a layoff. I thought maybe that would help Julio more. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, that was a mistake. Julio had a little what, hamstring tightness, I believe it was. Battling uh, that hammy all year, and it makes me nervous. Like When he's good, he's really good, but at any time, his hammy's going to flare up. Yeah, you almost can't start Julio Jones at this point, not for any lack of talent, but for lack of a a younger hamstring because you hate to see him on the sideline trying to jog it off and knowing he's not going to come back. Although it it might open up some of the other Atlanta receivers. And Hayden um, Hurst. Yeah, in the event that he is out. So I would recommend giving a look to that. But you never know. If Julio guts it out, he could easily put up 150 yards. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like that lineup a lot. Yeah, it's a little weird. but uh... Well, I'm going to spoiler alert on mine. I'm in on Michael Pittman Jr. this week too. And he might be my best play for the weekend. uh, Only because to the price point. And look, Tennessee is decent against the pass and he might might like Michael Pittman Jr. maybe he's no longer a secret at this point whereas he was maybe he's able to sneak up on people the last two weeks but I mean for that money it is a hundred percent worth it so I'm um, we're borrow we're sharing that for sure are you ready for some reachy reachiness yeah let's go okay at the quarterback position and this is something I never advocate for because it's my favorite team and I hate it. I hate doing this, but it's time. I have not put one lineup in all year with Danny Dimes. I have been raving that Danny Dimes is not uh, not only the best quarterback uh, in the NFC East, he's tracking to become a legitimate fantasy quarterback threat because of his legs. He's leading the league in like rushing yard attempts. Third okay. most rushing yards of a quarterback this year. Daniel Jones. Look, I I, Cincinnati with Joe Burrow was certainly frisky, and I do like I do think Cincinnati is better than everyone's giving them credit for. But I think this is the this this could be the week where the Giants, if they do what they're supposed to do, and if Danny Jones, like he's gotten better every single week, he's turning the ball over less. You just gotta pray for uh, no regression. If he takes one more little step forward, this could be a monster fantasy week for Daniel Jones. And I'm stacking him with the reachiest of risky reaches, Darius Slayton, Mister. Like I'm gonna get you four, or I'm gonna get you twenty-four. I that 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 really is his mo at this point. So I think against the Cincinnati defense, it's a good time to really get those two involved. So I got Danny Dimes, I got Darius Slayton, fifty-nine hundred dollars, and I mentioned Michael Pittman Jr. as you did, fifty-seven hundred dollars. None of those are my biggest reaches. You ready for the biggest reach of the weekend? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, here it is. Okay. You go, you go, Josh Jacobs, mm-hmm. right? And we know now where I stand with Josh Jacobs. I am all in on not having Josh Jacobs. So, Fair. what is a better way to go all in on not having Josh Don't Jacobs than to take the reachiest Don't of reaches? The new no. heavyweight vulture uh-uh. champion of the world, Devontae Booker. No. No, Jerry. It's there's listen, so many other good fifty one hundred dollar options. Get name one at running back specific, not flex, okay. not receiver. Um, running believe, back specific. I believe Gus Edwards is going to qualify there if there's no Mark Ingram in. Too much of a question mark. I don't like it, and everyone's going to be on that. Okay, I'm going to look right now. Hold on. I mean, I mean, I mean, this is a dart throw. You could win 
if, if he, it's a big dart throw. It's listen, true. It's true. Do you, do you, do you want to hear? Listen, against Kansas City, he did not factor into the offense at all. Agreed. Against Denver, third ranked uh, rushing defense, 20 points. He got two touchdowns, 16 carries on 81 yards against the Chargers. Okay. 16th rank rush defense, eight carries for 68 in the touchdown. He has been vulturing and he's been, that's been my, I've been watching this all year. He's been siphoning off Jacob's points. The monster week that Jacob's had like 125 yards, Booker was there. So listen, do I love it that he had 2.4 points last week against the Chiefs and only got five carries? No, I don't love that. The Falcons are a little friskier than you would like against the run. I mean, obviously, they're a team that you want to bet on against the pass. They have the 12th ranked defense against the rush. I'm taking a chance. All right. I mean, I'm I would, all in this on this point, on trading Jacobs. Philip Lindsay or Frank Gore over Devontae Booker. You, listen, I don't even want to. I love Frank I Gore. Frank Gore is a Hall of Famer. The fact that Frank Gore could put up realistic running back numbers is insane. He's a, he's a revelation. I don't want to star Frank Gore and FanDuel. I it's just my you. preference. I it's my you, five bucks. I, totally. I, it, it is your five bucks. And I can't put it on Frank Gore at this point. And I, 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 if Frank Gore got 120 yards and a touchdown, I would be thrilled <laughs> for Frank Gore. I'd be happy for him. He's the man. He is. I still want to start him in FanDuel. And Phil, Lindsay, I mean, how could you say that Melvin Gordon is coming on now? He is Maybe. coming on. I'm that just, Denver yeah, but team, it's the same situation as Josh Jacobs. I mean, Josh Jacobs yes and, and Devontae no. Booker or Phil Lindsay and Melvin Gordon. Listen, I am taking a very, I'm, all I want, I want Booker to get me all right. like 45 yards and okay. vulture a touchdown. That's all you want. All right. If it he could does happen. that, it could happen. then I will get you set. into the meat and potatoes okay. of my team. Okay. Right, let's do it. So recap, Danny, Danny Dimes, Booker, Slayton, Pittman. My number two running back, again, I did the same thing as you, $6,600 for Kareem Hunt. We're basically starting Kareem Hunt almost every week at this point. It's just the Price value play. Good. We know Chubb's going to get majority of the carries, but he's just too good. And the matchup against Jacksonville is too, too good. good to not run Kareem Hunt out there for $6,600, okay? So now that I'm done with my reachy of reachiness plays, now we're going to get into something I like to call targets. Do you know what that means? <laughs> targets. targets. Guys who get targets. I am essentially starting my Gotham gridiron district lineup. I went $7,900 for Stefan Diggs. I went $8,200 for Keenan Allen. And I went $8,000 for Travis Kelsey. Why? Because I don't want to worry about tight ends. I almost built this lineup with Waller at tight end. Mm -hmm. And then I'm looking at flex and I had all this money left over and Kelsey was the best option for flex. And I almost did that. I just don't love the double tight end flex situation. So I decided I'm going in on Kelsey there. And look, it's going to be fun watching that Charger Bills game now for me, right? I mean, I'm hoping for a shootout. I sw Josh Allen has had some awesome showdowns this year. We had the Russell Wilson showdown. Didn't we have the Kyler Murray showdown? Yep, yep. Now he gets the showdown with Herbert. Like, it's yeah, just been fun. Be Buffalo has been must-see TV for football. I'm sorry, for fantasy, that is. Okay, you may not love what they do. And we discussed earlier... They're a throwing team officially. Mm -hmm. They don't even bother running the ball. Mm -hmm. So Diggs, Allen, Kelsey, that is the core of my Target lineup. 
And then for now, I had enough money to wrap it up with the Dolphins at $5,000 against the Jets. Obviously, you love that. That's going to be the trendiest defense pick. But um, in the event that I have to, I do have to do some switching, I could save some money there and decline And uh, if I had to switch some stuff around. But that's it. That's my that's my reachy, my New York reachiest of reachy lineups. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I also built a lineup around Daniel Jones, and it involved Daniel Jones, Sterling Shepard, Wayne Gallman and their defense. Yeah, that might be my move is maybe swapping out the Dolphins for the Giants defense. Mm -hmm. And then maybe if I really get insecure about the Devontae Booker play, swapping in Gallman for Booker and then just going all in on the Giants. That might that yeah. th that might happen. So if you're listening yeah. out there and you like that lineup, you could downgrade Dolphins money-wise to the Giants, and I think that would leave you enough money to slate in Gallman over Booker. I love that receiving core. I mean, that's wicked. Diggs, Going for it. And Allen. if Michael Pittman Jr. shows yeah. up? Yeah, well, let's hope for both of us that he does. Yes. Oh, I'm so nervous because also, Jeff, we're running out of time. I know. We have, this is week 12. We're going into 12, 13, 14. We have four weeks left to win this damn contest to get in our, our, our championship week. Yeah, I think that no matter what, they should have to beat us in the championship week no matter what. Whoever is in the you tournament know, of champions. I understand what you're saying. It's our contest. We are the hosts of the show. But we haven't even, I think our best, my best finish of the year is seventh. What is yours? Ninth or something? I think. Or 31st or something like we that. We haven't even sniffed the top three. It's hard to say that you have to go through us. Maybe if one <laughs> of us gets in the top three, we could maybe count that. But I don't know. I mean, we, we got to do a little. We've had a decent year in FanDuel in the waiver wide contest, but we got to do a little bit more before we say we are tournament of champions eligible. Well, My then opinion. it'll have to be Cousin Sal taking everybody down. I can't believe Cousin Sal's <laughs> in that. Oh, I forgot. I forgot. I totally, totally forgot. Um. Well, I do wish you a happy Thanksgiving and everybody out there listening, if you're listening to this before Thursday, happy Thanksgiving. Obviously, stay safe and, you know, do what you think is best for your family. Uh, if you're listening to this post-Thanksgiving, it's going to be a real fun Sunday. Uh, Two Texas I just can't games. wait for that Bills-Chargers game. And uh, I do think, I said this to Cousin Sal on his pod, and I'll say it to you because I feel like you deserve as much because I've given you a hard time about your awful Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> I didn't like what I saw last weekend. What I saw was a defense and an O-line getting a little bit healthier, healthier and better. I saw a veteran quarterback getting a little calmer. I saw star receivers getting a little more starry-eyed. I didn't love what I saw as a Giants fan coming out of the Cowboys. Well, I mean, the NFC East is going happened, nowhere. right? You know, Mike McCarthy took a sledgehammer to a bunch of watermelons and explained to the team that this is how they needed to attack certain parts of the game, including Dalvin Cook. And uh, This is a true story. This is a true story. I wish it this has been This has this been has vetted been and vetted confirmed. Vetted and confirmed. And various players stepped up and also took sledgehammers to watermelons. And uh, apparently this was all in the name of fun. But, you know, whatever works. It's so strange. I, I mean, I, yeah. Watermelons, you know what? I you guess people put like the million rubber messy. bands around the watermelons. Like, ah. I don't And that's what's going to be what motivates this team to win? Apparently. Smashing watermelons? I, I, yeah. 
I know, I know, Jerry. I'm questioning my own fandom right now. It's true. It's, it's so weird. You know, Jen, I I blame you for this, and you I blame, blame Cowboy fans. Yeah, because oh. I try to prop you and your team up and say and I'm I, starting to get and then a I little tell you how then weird we are. You hit me with a watermelon story. I, I didn't like, want to hit I, you with the watermelon story. I'm just giving you the facts. I want you to know everything that happened. So in case your giants and you know <sighs> decide that they want a little inspiration, maybe they can go for coconuts or something. Because I mean, if you can break a coconut, that's pretty impressive. That's that's probably harder than a watermelon with the, with the. We're gonna rip so phone really... books this week. That's phone what the giants book. are to that's get in shape. We're gonna go, rip phone books. Call, call if you would have told me a little more, like, hey, you know what Mike McCarthy did because he used to coach the Packers, he brought in some old film and they watched Vince Lombardi talking about that Packers sweep, right? And they were running it as fun. And maybe we're even going to, if they go on a run because they smashed watermelons, then I, I more power to them. Fantastic. <laughs> I, I will say I don't like what I saw as an NFC East fan. I don't like what I saw coming out of Dallas. And I, cause six and 10 is really probably going to be enough to get it done. And that's, that's, I mean, all four teams are in business for six and 10. Look, it really Jerry, is a coin I think flip. you're missing the point. You got to do whatever you can do to produce. Get it? Produce? Produce? <laughs> I'm going to put on my cardigan now. That is a, you put on, on your cardigan, joke. drop the mic. You just ended the podcast, perhaps for good. That might have been uh, this just in. Uh, Cousin Sal announced on Twitter the Waiver Wire podcast canceled going forward. And, uh, yeah. So, um, yeah. in all seriousness, I wish you a happy Thanksgiving. I wish everybody out there a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, be safe. Enjoy football. Enjoy your family, whether it's on Zoom or safely distance. And uh, we will be back on Sunday with. I just feel like it's going to be a very emotional episode of uh, the Waiver Wire podcast. Lots lot of stakes. Of, lots lots stakes. of stakes this week. Lots of so, stakes. Uh, all right. Well, I wish you luck, Jen. I wish you guys all Dude. luck out there in fantasy. And uh, yeah, go smash some watermelons and go get it done. Go produce. <laughs> go produce. That's hilarious. Oh, I love it. That's hilarious. 